Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are depending upon you this morning. Thy word is always new. People have read this same Bible. And always when the Holy Spirit comes upon it, we get something new from it. Because the word is eternal. We can never learn everything about it and about you. So we pray for a, a fresh anointing upon it this morning. May you bless us. May, may you... Uh, May you forgive all our sins and our shortcomings that we shall have the anointing of the Spirit upon us and we can be merged with your word this morning. Help us that we shall be in the same spirit. The speaker, the interpreter, the hearers, all of us together. That our worship shall bring glory to your name this morning. May you help us, Father, for we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ our Amen. Amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first year of the of the, the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it onto the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Uh, let's jump to verse 11. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins guarded, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses wherein ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Maybe you can be seated. Uh, brother, we read in uh, interpretation. Interpretation. Uh, 
Era kuliwa biro mwezi ogoro bire bire ogomaka. Mugambe chivina chona echa Israeli gamogera nti kuna kuore kumi oro mwezi kuno barie tuarira brimuntu omana gwendiga nge nyumba zaba jajawe beziri omana gwendiga buri nyumba era enyumba bwebanga ntono ngatemalawo omana gwendiga kare abere nemuliranwawe aliyo kumpi ne nyumba ye bamutware ngo muwendo gwemyo uh, gwemyo bweguli buri muntu ngabwaria muri bari bwa kumwana gwendiga omwana gwendiga gwamwe teguri bakobulemu omusajja ogwakamara omwaka muri gujja mundiga oba mumbuzi muri gutek muri gutereka okutusa onako olwe 10 Ore kuminenya oro mwezi guno okunganiro lyona eri ekibina kya Israeli bali gutta omusire chobe gulo era bali twala kumusayi baguteke kumifube to jombi ne kukabuno mu nyumba mwe bali gulira ore 10 rumu era bwe mutyo bwe mulijirya nga mwesibye ebimyu nenga tonga ziri mu bigere byamwe no mugonga guri mukono gwamwe muri mujiryanga mangu mujiryanga mangu okwe kuita ko kwa mukama kubanga ndita munsi eyemisiri mukiro kiri ndi kuba abereberye bonna munsi eyemisiri omuntu era nensoro era kuba katonda bonna abemisiri ndi sala emisango nze mukama Awo msai guli babera akabonero kunyumba zemunimu nange bwendira bo msai ndibaitako sote wali bera rumbe kumwe okubazikiriza bwendi kuba ensi emisiri Amen may the Lord add blessings Kama gatomsese mu kwichigambo chi Now and I want to talk about the token Ndara kugera kabonero now you see in this verse in this verse eh? this was a very important occasion not just for that time but it was talking something that was to be uh, shall I put it it will be eternal Israel had passed Israel in Egypt, that church that was in Egypt. Since Moses came from the mountain, where he talked with the, with the pillar of fire, the bush, the bush that was burning. And landed in Egypt. They had seen the glory of God in many ways. Something they had never seen before. 
that generation. And I think before that, nothing like that had been seen in the world. We had not seen before the miracles of like uh, water turning into blood. Creation of uh, lice. Frogs. A man speaking. And there comes darkness for three days. Darkness that was so thick that it can actually be felt. Those kind of things had not, never been seen in the world before. Is that right? Yeah, but uh, they, although they had seen all that, yet what was supposed, what was about to happen, it was so important that God ordered that that month shall be the beginning of months. For example, like we, we count our years from January to December. Now, that month, which I think is the month we call April, they were, they were to count their years from that month. That was to be their January. And why I'm saying that it was, it was important not just for them. Do you know that that is the same month, that night of the Passover... That, that is the time also that Jesus was crucified. So it was something that was uh, perpetual, eternal. And uh, we also commemorate it by taking communion. So it was something that was going to be eternal, you know, as long as the church is here in the world. Now, and for us, uh, it is such an important day that uh, uh, you see, like the prophet used to say, when he is asked how, how old he is, when he is celebrating his 50th birthday, and he would say, I'm 25. Because the first, the first part of his life, he didn't serve the Lord too well. So you start living on that day. I have a feeling that among the people, the people who are believing the message these days, this eh, idea of the token and the, that is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is not, it may be emphasized on, the, on some pulpits, 
But it has not made such a big impression on their lives. That of the importance of it. The importance may be on their lips. But not in their actions. And that is why I feel that I need to stress it. It needs to be stressed, especially at this time. Now, if you remember, if you notice on how they were to eat this lamb. The attitude that they should have. The Bible says that they were instructed to eat it in haste. With their shoes on their feet. Staff in hand. Suppose you go to, and it was supposed to be eaten in the evening, right? Normally, when we eat our supper, you usually are in a relaxed mood. Take off your shoes, not wearing ties and smart clothes like you, are, like you are leaving the house. Suppose you go to a, a place where they are eating their supper. And all of them are dressed as if they are leaving the house. Those days, when, when you travel, you'd travel with a staff in your hand. Because you might meet a snake on the road or something. So suppose you find people eating supper that way. They are dressed as if they are leaving. Shoes on their feet. Dressed well. Everybody with a staff in their hand. And they are eating quickly. quickly, quickly, quickly. It shows us the attitude in which we should hold the business of the Lord. Amen. If something comes to your knowledge, Something you need to do. A requirement that the word of God requires of you to have. And you have not fulfilled it. It should be a matter of emergency. Some people realize that they have something to make right. Maybe some mistake that you made or maybe something you need to talk over with somebody to make peace with them but you postpone it Postpone you are still and you have the opportunity to make it right. You should make it right, right now. Let the sun not set until you make it right. The business of the Lord should be in haste. Because in any case, you don't know which day, what time the Lord will come. So, it showed the attitude. Now, then, another thing, uh, God makes a strange remark. 
He says that upon the gods of Egypt, I will make judgment. Now, that, is, that to me is something strange. Because in the, in the, in the spirit world, Paul explained it. That in the spirit world, we do not have anything that is called gods. What people regard as gods today, or even in the time past, those things are just in their imagination. They worship a God of the sun, God of the moon, there is a God of harvest, there is a God, a goddess, usually a goddess that gives children. That the heathen of the world worshipped and they used. Some of them still worship them today. Paul explained that these things do not, these, there are no beings like that. In this world, we just have human beings and the rest of the creation. And in the spirit world, we have God and his angels. And there are devils also. Outside of that, there is no other being. So those gods don't exist. Then why did God say that upon the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. See? Now, to me, I, I may not know exactly why, but in my opinion, uh, and what is the relevance to us, now, Okay, let me put it like this. Let's read Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 5. So that you know where God's uh, idols exist in the New Testament world. Ephesians 5, 5 says, For this we know that no whoremonger or unclean person no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So you find that there is still idol worship in Christendom. In the New Testament uh, way of worshipping God, idolatry manifests itself by covetousness. Then another one, 1 Samuel chapter 15. Verse 
For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Kubanga obujemu kuringanga echivi echobu fumu no bukakanyavu bringanga oxins ebifana ni neba terafi. I want from those two scriptures what comes out is that there are some things that you you can hold in your heart and they take the place of God. They prevent you from being in the perfect state that God is, is, is requiring of you. That becomes your idol. Is that right? Yeah, it seems logical from these scriptures. Now, now God said that upon those gods I will execute judgment. You can make your job to be your idol. You can make your children to be your idol. Money or whatever. Now, whatever you are making an idol, God will execute judgment on it. If you think you are something is more than what God is requiring of you, something you God is requiring you to do something. And there is something that prevents you from doing it, from serving him. Let's say it's your business. Do you know that God is going to execute judgment on your business? That is if you are a child of God. Of course, if you are not, you just go to it and nothing will happen to you. And nothing will happen to it. But if you are a child of God, God will judge that business. God will destroy it. If it's your children, God will make sure they don't prosper the way you think. You know, there's a story that Brother Branham gives eh? of, um, of a young man. He was in America. It was a true story. This young man, a preacher, he was very, very promising. In, in his organization. And he felt a call to go to Africa, to come here to Africa. But since he was so much loved there, he had a young family, a wife and three little children. And you know the way they, they picture Africa in those places. That is a place of leprosy, tuberculosis, poverty, all kinds of diseases. So they tried, he tried, they thought that the people who should come to Africa, they would, they would be old men who have no, no family issues. But now, he is taking his young wife 
and to children to come to Africa where there are fleas and jiggers and leprosy and all kinds of diseases. So they tried to persuade him not to. His boss, his, 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 his elder, whatever, his bishop, he called him to the office Try to persuade him. But the young man was adamant. So one day, they, they, they gathered in a meeting. His boss was there. His friends, his fellow ministers, and everybody there as a group trying to persuade him. When they pressured him with a lot of trying to, to paint very bad pictures of what, what will happen to the family. This, your, so look at your beautiful children and all that. Can you imagine them without fingers? Their noses, their noses eaten off by leprosy and all kinds of things. In the midst of that, the young man stood up in their midst, pulling his hair and crying. And he told his, my brethren, I can hear you, but don't you know that if God wants me to go to Africa, Africa is the safest place for my children. Amen. You may think that they were all surrounded by a lot of things, a lot of money, good food, and everything. But he told them, if I throw them to Africa, in the midst of the jiggers, in the midst of leprosy, that's the safest place for them. That's, that's the cleanest place for them. And let me tell you, once God sends you somewhere, once you realize the will of God is for me to go somewhere, that is where you are going to prosper. All your success is there in your calling. Now, if you don't go, then what you think you are saving, the idol that holds you back, God is going to judge it. That's what it means. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, and you bring, you bring trouble and sorrow to yourself. Now, the the situation that was there in Egypt was a dire situation. I have to learn to exist with this. No, it's okay. It's okay, bro. It's, it's not your fault. It's my fault. I'm the one forgetting that the wire is there. <coughs> now, are you with me? The situation that was there in Egypt that night was not like any that they had seen before. Death was coming to the land. I was 
preaching recently, teaching about what is going to happen after the rapture is, go, is done, after the rapture. You know, people, the way they are dealing with this issue of the token, having the Holy Ghost, the they don't see much difference between having it and not having it. In fact, some of them say that even if I don't get it, I'll wait for the, I'll get saved at, a, at the white throne judgment. Even if I miss the rapture. But let me tell you something, my friend. And I hope that I'm able to impress upon every heart here the qualification to go into the rapture is so crucial. See? After the rapture is over, you have never seen what is going to happen in this world? These days, there is a lot of debate about, about the question of how you receive the Holy Ghost. See, I was preaching in a certain church, a certain church, not, not long, I think it was last month. Yeah, it was last month. And it was a mixed congregation. The, the thunder group was there. The people who believe that you receive the Holy Ghost when you believe the word. And a lot of things. They were all mixed there. They were it's a, it's a congregation that didn't have one certain leaning of the message. So, and I was telling them, and that's what I'm telling you today, before you reject the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Ghost by experience, like I'm trying to tell you today, I would respect you if you do this. That you hear it, then you study it. Study the quotations that I give you. Go home. Study them. Look at the scriptures. And not only that, but pray prayerfully. Study them. And when God talks to your heart, if you feel that God has spoken to you and has showed you that I am wrong, I'll take my heart off to you. Because you are not careless with your life. But if you just listen to me and you say, ah, this is a revival man. I don't believe, I don't believe what he says. He is not of my group. I'll hear my preacher. You are being very careless with your life. See? That is, just because I'm not of your group, 
That is a very careless way of dismissing what I'm telling you. And I was telling them a story. And I think it was a true story. There was a man who was driving along the road. Just, he, he, there was a bend and a slope. Along at the bottom of that slope, there was a river and a bridge. Now, before you get to that river and the bridge, there was a mental hospital. So, it would not be strange to have a patient from that hospital who somehow escapes from there. So this man is driving along the road. It is at night. It is raining. And he finds somebody in the middle of the road when he's about to get to the bridge. And the man has no shirt. He is naked from waist upwards. And he is waving his shirt. And he was stopping the man. Something tells him. Although there is a it's a mental hospital around here. But maybe there's something in this man. And he stops. And the man tells him, please stop. Please turn back. The bridge has been washed off. See? And there's a car. I've tried to warn them. But they have just they have just proceeded and they have perished. So though it was raining, he didn't believe, he, did, he, did, he was not sure whether to believe the man or not. But the, the stakes were too high. The stakes, the, the consequences of of, it, is, it sounded not true. It looks not true because this is likely to be a, a mental case. But suppose it is true. Because of that question, he left the car and he went to check for himself. Actually, there was no bridge. The man was right. And let me tell you, if he would have proceeded, he would have killed all his family with himself. And I'm pleading with you, maybe I'm not of your group. Maybe you have been told we are we fan, we, we we revival people we are fanatics. But suppose we are right. Man. See? Because if we are right. And your preachers are wrong. See? 
Wouldn't you be willing to get out of your car? Go to the message. God still answers prayer. Can't you go to God on your knees? Amen. You are going to face God someday. Not as a group. But as you as an individual. Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, both of them, both of them, the, the ditch will not refuse you because you are being innocently led by your preachers. God created you and he put you in this world and he called you. He didn't call you and your preacher. He called you and you will stand before the throne of God to answer for your soul. See? Exactly. So check. Pray. See? God will talk to you. If you do that and you find that we are wrong, then I'll respect you. But you baby will be like that first, first driver. Said, these are these are mad men. Mad men here. You see the way they are behaving. Hmm, they have no sh the shirt is off. Why, why can't he talk to me properly? <laughs> he is out of order. He may be out of order, but his message was true. Amen. The first man perished with his family. But the second man saved his life because of his, his attitude. My friend, God can, God can use a donkey to talk to you. Right. Because when the bride leaves this earth, this, this world. See, let me just give you an idea. Although it's not part of my service, but, someone, but let me just give you an idea. These people that you see walking on the road, just peaceful, going about their business as well. You know, in 1982, there was an attempted coup in Kenya. I was a young man. I was in the university at that time. And I was living in a place that is uh, in one of the estates of the near the Air Force. The Air Force, the Kenya Air Force is the one that took, that had, had some elements of the Air Force had taken the government. So, I was living near their base. 
And after the radio announcements that the government, government has been overthrown, everybody was outside now in their houses watching what would happen. Some brethren came from various places. They came to my house and we had a short service. Then, then they left. Then we were just there watching to see because we have never seen anything like that in Kenya. So, the thing that struck me is how these innocent, ordinary citizens now because the, the coup plotters they had announced that the police should the police have been temporarily been, um, what can I say? Their services have been suspended. In other words, they, there is no police. And because there is nobody who can take you anywhere, just ordinary looking citizens, they suddenly turned into thieves, robbers, rapists. See? And after some time, after a few hours, there was so much chaos. Just ordinary citizens. But they would gang up get into a shop and they just push the door, push the door. because there are many they break it and loot everything others would be coming carrying things that they have stolen and then others would be with pangas robbing, robbing from the thieves and there were just chaos everywhere. Then I realized that all these people that you are seeing, they are just criminals. The way you see them to be decent, peaceful people, it is because of the fear of the police. The police, let me tell you, the police do not have the capability of protecting you. If the fear of the police was removed, and I believe that that fear of the police is given by God, it is the Holy Spirit putting that fear in the hearts of people so that we can have a peaceful world. I was, there was one time I was in my job. I was a district, I was a district head of 
health services. So I went to the police headquarters in the district to ask them for their statistics and how crime, about crime in the district. And then I got statistics, how many murders take place, how many thefts, how many rape, rape cases they have. After, take, after taking all the statistics, then I asked them, I want us to look at two items. Murder and rape. How many of these do you actually catch? and take to court. It was a, a woman police officer who was giving me the story, the, the information. At first she told me, yeah, all of them, all of them. Okay, so we went case by case, case by case. And she was very embarrassed. In the whole year, of the rape cases that take place, they don't, they don't even get 5% of the, of the perpetrators. They never catch them and they just go free. What about murder? Murder was a bit higher. But it, it, it did not reach 10%. Most of the killings, the murderers go free. So what does that tell you? If you are an ordinary free, an ordinary decent citizen, and there is murder in your heart. There is rape in your heart. I, I don't expect that to be of Christians, but I'm just talking about ordinary people. Sinners. Those things are in their hearts. But what keeps them not doing it? It's not the police. But God puts the fear of the police oh, If I do it, I dare not do it. I'll be hanged if I kill. Now let me tell you, after the bride has gone off, God will remove that from them. And you see a world that like, like you have never seen. That's right. I was proving in that message, which I don't have time to do to now, all the calamities that you have seen in society, they have been types. Something, something very close to us. See, most of you, are, maybe you'll be able to remember. What happened in Rwanda? I think it was 1994. Right? Yeah, 94. 
the situation that was there. Over a whole, I think it was around nine months of madness. Where killing a human being was like, like killing a cockroach. In fact, they were calling them cockroaches. See? And Yuri Vakagera was so contaminated with bodies that even in Kenya, people were afraid of eating the fish. Right? Those kind of things I can prove to you by the Bible. They happened to show people as a picture to show people what will happen in the tribulation period. If you have ever seen a famine in Uganda here, I'm sure you have never seen a famine. Uganda is famous. There is just food everywhere. everywhere. You have never seen hunger. Unless somebody is lazy, they don't work. But Uganda doesn't know that. But in Kenya, we have seen famine. Maybe not very much, but I remember there was a time where there was no food. Even if you have money, you cannot buy food. A lorry comes, the little food that has been available, somebody comes with food. And there is such a mad queue rushing for, to buy the food. The cost doesn't matter. Whatever he says, nobody can nobody feels that it is too much. <laughs> when people see food is getting finished, they throw money at the one who is selling. And he doesn't even want the money. Right? Those things they happened. Every calamity like that, it happened to show you what will happen in the tribulation period. It was a picture. Every accident. My Tanzanian brother there, there have been very ugly bus accidents in Tanzania. Do you know that it is God who protects people as they are traveling along the, these dangerous roads. Oh, yeah. Dara. Yeah. You find the vehicle is going at a terrific speed. A lorry coming, oncoming lorry. Changes direction. Comes on this way. Now, it just happens that there is no taxi passing by. So you don't see an accident. But all those timings are of God. You travel from here going somewhere and you, you go on a successful journey and come back. 
The protection of God is so common, but people take it for granted. God will remove those things during the tribulation period. See? Exactly. Doctors and diseases, treating diseases. Yeah, I know it is God who helps them. Sure. Sure. I'm very sure. I hope I'm not here to be proved wrong. <laughs> but during the tribulation period, people will be dying in hospitals like flies. I'm sure, very sure of that. It is God who heals the people in hospitals. Helps the doctors get the diagnosis. God will remove his hand from there. Because the Holy Spirit that covers the earth now, the Holy Spirit will go home with the bride. And the world will be left with chaos like you have never seen. See? Now, I, I sure don't want to be here at that time. Neither should you be. I would just like to be safe in the arms of Jesus. The Holy Spirit that I serve now, I go with it home. See? Now, so... That night, death was striking the land. And at this evening time, God is going to remove his hand from the world. And the grace of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, it will all go home with the bride. And when the death angels come, just like in the time of Ezekiel, before death strikes, there is something going on in the land today. Putting a mark, putting a seal in the, in the, on the head and the forehead and on the hand the forehead, it, talk, it talks about the knowledge, your way of thinking. The hand, it means your actions, what you do here on earth. There is a token on it of those who are going to escape. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, that is the seriousness. That's the seriousness with which we should approach, approach this issue. It is not an issue to be debated, to be, to be debated upon. It is something that you must understand. Not only understand correctly, but, but I'm urging you that you must make a personal decision about it. 
and run to safety. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See? And this token is to save people from the wrath. The death that was in Egypt, that was coming to Egypt, it was not targeting the Egypt, the, the Israelites. It was targeting the ungodly unbelievers, the Egyptians. Right? And the wrath of God that is coming upon the world. It is not targeting Christians. It is not targeting people who have been trying to live holy for Christ. Right? Amen. There's a point I want to make here. So I want to make sure you understand that. Death is not targeting you. The wrath of God. But now, if the Israelites, although death was not targeting them, but if they refused to obey the instructions of the prophet, they would be destroyed with the sinners. Sometimes, believers, because of living holy lives, because of not being like unbelievers, something happened to them. God, by his mercy, saved them from a life of sin. And they see their friends sinning. But with them, God has given them grace. So when it comes to issues of escaping the judgment of God, they somehow think that the favor that God has given them, that now they are Christians, they are not seen as like their friends, or like the other people of the world, they think that that will save them from the wrath. And that's, where the, that's, that's why the very blessings that God has given you, Satan turns it into a curse. Or rather, he turns it into a trap. Let me put it that way. I hope you get me. Your righteousness. The favor God has given you. I appreciate it. See? You are not in sin. You are righteous. You have stood for God. I appreciate that very much. Because there are not many like you. But if you don't watch, the devil turns that into a trap. And you miss it all together. 
such that you are believing your righteousness, you are standing for God, you don't benefit from it as far as escaping from wrath is concerned. See? Because if a believer lives like an unbeliever, does things like an unbeliever and does not display the token, then he, he turns into what the, the, the things that God has blessed him with. Those blessings become a trap. Now, having said all that, I want to find, I want us now to define what the token is. And I want you to pay utmost attention to this because I find that we have said it's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's right. Uh, have an experience of the Holy Ghost. That is very, very, that is very true. Uh, but you find that even those who have had experiences, still you find that there is something missing. Right? Amen. I said that I don't want I don't want you to take my words lightly now. Even those who are feeling sleepy. Wake up a little. <laughs> and listen to this. As we define what the token is. Now, in Egypt, the blood was the token. They had to see the red, the death angel had to see the red blood on the door. But now, the, 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 token, the, the blood itself was a sign. And even today, this is why I said I'm going to shock you. Even today, the experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not the real thing. Alright? Yes, I wanted you to be shocked like that. <laughs> it's not the real thing. It's a sign. Right? Amen. Now, if you go to that, the road there, there is a sign here, speckled bad tabernacle. Right? Amen. That is a sign that there is a church here. Suppose you do this. Suppose you get a, a better plot that is more central and you all decide that you are going to maybe sell this plot and 
And then you move. Msengu, okay. Somebody buys this plot. Turns it into a hotel. But they forget to remove that sign. There would still be a sign. Speckled bird tabernacle. But speckled bird tabernacle is not here. It moved. The sign is okay. But it is telling lies. You can have a baptism of the Holy Ghost. But it is not telling the truth. That that blood that was put on the door in Egypt was not the real thing. The importance of that sign on the door was telling the death angel that a life of the lamb has left a lamb in this house. A lamb has been killed in this house. It was not the lamb. The angel, the death angel, it would have been, I don't know how I can put it. If the death angel would have come, and would actually observe a lamb being slain. Probably it would have been a better, because it would have been a better assurance. If you have seen the Ten Commandments, the, 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 the film of the Ten Commandments, you know how they put it, Joshua, they were, they, were, they were saying that Joshua, he loved, there's a, there's a, a, a girl he loved. And that girl had been taken by, by Dathan. Dathan was not a believer. He was an Israelite, but he was an unbeliever. So he didn't bother to slay the lamb. But Joshua, in order to save his wife, because I think his wife, who had been taken by Dathan, she was not his wife yet. He loved her, but Dathan had taken her. In order to save her, he went and painted, painted their house. That sign was telling a lie. There was no lamb slain in that house. But because the death angel was looking for a sign, he still bypassed that house. But that sign was not telling the truth. So the sign was the blood. And now, the truth is what God is looking for. He is not looking for chemistry. 
Tanonya, Birungo Biamsai. Now there are some people. This is why I said I want you to listen to me carefully. There are some people. They don't have the true thing. But they are trying to press, 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 press. And they get an experience. But the experience is not telling the truth. That is like trying to apply blood, the chemistry. That experience does not help you oh, if you don't have the real thing. Oh, God is not just looking for an experience. You may speak in tongues. You may kick chairs. You may roll on the floor. You may scream your head off. That's not the token. God is not looking for such a thing today. It's like now I'm trying to apply the chemistry. See? So now what is the token? What is God looking for? See? Let me tell you what God is looking for. Okay. Or maybe, let me just read it. Let me just read it. Sister, if you can give me uh, 61, 12, 31M. 61, 12, 31M. In the message, you must be born again. Oh, I'll be in trouble here with this light. Uh... <coughs> Uh, I want paragraph 55. 61, 12, 31, M, paragraph 55. Now, while they are getting it, let me uh, give me your attention while they are getting it. We will read it after this. Now, I know that if I ask how many people here have met Christ in their lives, all your hands will be up. Otherwise, you would not be here. Yeah, you would not be here. You have met Christ. But there are some people who meet Christ. They want, they have met him in the various stations in his life. Right? Christ started his ministry in Galilee where he was teaching after being baptized Matthew chapter 5 he started teaching the disciples. They just want teaching, teaching, teaching. They follow him a bit. They, they, they find that he is, he is giving people bread and fish. That represents the blessings of God. There are some people who meet Christ. They just want him to be giving bread. 
things to benefit the body. Oh, I pray to the Lord. He gave me a job. I pray to the Lord. He gave me a husband. Gave me this that's bread and fish. Things of the body. And many people have actually met Christ doing that way. But that's all they want. But let me tell you, you need very few people want to meet Christ in Calvary. But Calvary, when he gives, when he gives his life, is the only place where his life will come upon you. I want to prove by quotations this concept. When you meet Christ at Calvary, you cannot watch him die without you dying with him. Amen. You would have to die with him. When he gives his life, his life will come to you. You can tell me, brother, I have been with him at Calvary. But my life hasn't changed. No, the thing that you did, you went to Calvary. Calvary was preached to you, but you didn't get a revelation of it. Let me show you. When you go to Calvary, when you see Christ dying, you will understand that he did not die for his own sins. He died for your sins. So, if he died for your sins, hey, I don't know how I can put it. But I don't know. The, the cars that I can see here, the, in my thinking, the most expensive car is this pastor's car. The ones that I can see. Or, or maybe I don't see others well. But let's, let's assume it's now, if I come back next year, then I don't see, I see him without his, this car. And he tells me that he has sold it. Then as my friend, I would ask him, how much did you get for it? Now, I don't know. I can't convert my money right now. But let's say he tells me he, he sold it, let's say in U.S. dollars. Uh, he tells me he sold it at uh, maybe a million US dollars. And I ask him, I would ask him, who bought it? See? Because I'm sure it cannot cost a million dollars. Is that right? Yeah. That would be too much. Although it's beautiful, but it not cost that much. It's too much. Now, when you see Christ, 
giving his life for your sins. Then it would come upon you that your sins are so so serious that they deserve death. Any life, please listen here. Any life, any behavior that is not Christ like is a life of sin. Amen. See? And because of us not being Christ like, that is why Jesus died. There was a man, Brother Branham talked about. He was a Christian, and they were discussing their previous Christian experiences. It was in South Africa. So this man told Brother Branham that they were having a little argument in the church. You know how these things are. One party is on this side, the other party is on that side. There are times when the the church is stirred up by an issue. Some people are on this side. There is tension in the church. So this man told Brother Branham that his church was like that. And then as he was walking up a hill, or down a hill. Yeah, yeah, he was walking upwards. He looked behind. He heard somebody panting. <sighs> carrying a heavy load. When he, saw, when he looked at him, it was somebody carrying a heavy, heavy load. And he had a crown of thorns and he knew it was the Lord. He knew it was a vision. Then he asked him, Lord, what, where are you going to be crucified? Are you, are you carrying the sins of the world? Is that what, is that, what that Lord is about? He told him, no. I'm just carrying your sins. Just you as. When you shout at your wife. When you are impatient with people. When you are impatient with people. See? When you have these little lusts and things. As a Christian. You are here. We have you have not attained the stature of Christ. But you still do things like not like Christ. See? To wife, children, workmates, schoolmates. You have a life that you live. Either you are Christian or you are not a Christian. But to God, the only kind of life that is 
acceptable to him is the life of Jesus Christ. Any other is not accepted. And because of our imperfection, he went to the cross. The reason why people don't improve in their behavior, in their character, they acknowledge it is wrong. But they don't realize that it took Jesus to die. The price was death. It's like me now coming to Gideon. When he tells me he, he, he sold it for a million dollars. And I tell him, no. no. Either you are a con man, you con that man. Or something. But that car cannot cost that much. It's like you now coming to Christ. And see that he died because of your impatience. He died because of your lust. Died because of your temper. And you tell him, no, no, no. no. It, it is not that worth. It is not that serious. See? Yes, it's not right, but it's not that serious. See? It does not deserve death. Are you getting me? That's why you find Christians saying, I'm not perfect, but I'm getting there. They are not taking their, their, their imperfection seriously. See? It's not that serious. If you have ever, ever been to Calvary, and you find that my impatience is the one that is why Jesus is dying. And the weight of it, the seriousness of it, until I feel like dying. In other words, the seriousness with which God sees my imperfection until he had to die for it. When I feel that way, then God can accept my sacrifice. When I'm saying I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry for this. If it is without weight, then the sacrifice is accepted. But if it is just Lord, forgive me. Yes, I know I have this imperfection. It's not exactly like your son, but you will help me slowly, slowly. Your sacrifice remains there. Because your attitude is not right. Are you getting me? But if you go to God with the weight of your sins, our imperfections, our unchrist-like character, we take it so seriously 
until we feel we deserve to die. Not pretending, but really the weight is so much. And here I feel I want to, I, I, I should die. Now, you are, you are about getting into the same mind as Christ. Because if it did not deserve death, then Jesus would not have died. Why should I pay a hundred a, a million dollars for this car? If I go to Gideon, I want to buy it. He tells me a billion dollars. I leave him alone. I go to somewhere else. I know I can get it with about $5,000. So, how can I pay a million when I know I can get it cheaper? So why do you think Jesus died? If our sins could have fetched, could have been paid off by a lesser price. Are you getting my argument? So when I go to him, watch where he paid the price. And I agree uh, that these sins are that my sins are that evil, that bad. Then I lay myself on the altar and say, God, I repent. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about my, my stealing. I'm sorry about my, my lust. I'm sorry about my temper. I feel like dying. But then I see that Jesus died for me. Then what happens when my feelings are like that, the life that came out of him comes into me. And the life that was in me that was making me live like that, it leaves me. That life is the token. Amen. And the experience, the experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is only a sign that that life has left me and that the life of Christ has come into me. Amen. Amen. That is why you find people giving you experience, giving you testimonies of experiences that are seeking the Holy Ghost, seeking the Holy Ghost, seeking the Holy Ghost. Then I got it. But the life they live after that is a life like the devil. Yeah. There was a girl that I had in my church some time ago. Um, the reason why I was with her with a case uh, with a case, with, a, with an issue is uh, because a friend of hers 
She, the girl herself was a crook. Her, her friend is a crook. So I caught the other girl with some pornographic things. After dealing with her case like that, then she confessed to me that they were dealing, they were they were eating these filthy things with her friend. So I dealt with her. Then I called the other friend. And I had actually seen the, th the things they were sharing. Things you would not even want to see. So I asked her about it. She started denying. Then I told her, you know I know. I have all the evidence. If you want, me to, if you want to get it for me to get it for you, I'll get it. Then she reached a place. She said, no, 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 pastor. Let me tell you the truth. What you are saying is true. Then I asked her now, have you ever been a Christian? What is your experience of Christianity? Then in her story, was a, a baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that we went to this place, we prayed and prayed and prayed, and the Holy Ghost came upon me to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I told her, you better go again. Because that was a fake experience. You just met a deceiving Spirit. That's why I'm telling you that the side, you need first to build a church, have people in the church, there's a pulpit, and a pastor, musicians, and it is called speckled bird, registered in the government as speckled bird, then put a sign there. Speckled bird tabernacle. So if you press, 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 you get a sign. Speckled bird. Speckled bird. But there is nothing like that. Are you getting me? The thing to do first is to make sure that you go to Calvary. I don't need to tell you. That Christ cannot watch pornography. You know that that lust that is in you is the one that took Jesus to the cross. You are lying. See? You are stealing. Borrow money from people. And you don't you are not committed to paying. You don't pay and you don't bother. That is what took Christ to Calvary. So you take that life there. You see him dying. That my stealing. My lust, my impatience, my temper is the one that took him there. When you feel the weight, 
you also die with him. His life comes into you. That life is the token. Because Joshua, by painting the blood of his, his girlfriend's dog, he deceived the death angel. But you are sure not going to deceive God. You cannot press, 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 speak in tongues, and then you think that by that, you are going to deceive God. No. God is with you everywhere. He is with you at home. He is with you at work. He is with you when you walk on the street. God is with you with your phone. Everywhere. When he sees that life, that life is the token. Now let me read. Maybe let me read here. First, we reckon ourselves sinners and worthy of condemnation. We are born, born in sin and shaped in iniquity. There is not a sound parcel of us. Our minds are bad. Our soul is corruptible. Our constant thinking is evil. Every imaginary thought of our mind's mind is we is evil. A sinner. And also that our body is weak. Our spirit is no good. And we are just full of corruption. Right? So that's what you reckon at Calvary. Now, I want you to jump to paragraph 72 of the same message. Our souls are placed by faith on his brass altar, God's judgment, and our offering is consumed. Now remember, when Elijah under those brass skies laid the offering of God upon the altar, the offering was consumed. Baal could not consume his offering. Now, you can say you have been to Calvary. And you place your soul on the altar. If you look at your sins, as if they are not, it's not so bad. Not in the way that God looks at it. Because as I said, any life, any behavior that is not Christ-like, God cannot accept it. I had a brother the other day, 
just na, the other week. Na, na you know, and I was trying to correct him on something. Somebody had, somebody had wronged him. And he was so angry. That he was, even when he was telling me the story, he was crying. A, bra a brother, brother, but he was feeling so bad, feeling so strongly about that, so emotional. But I asked him the question, brother, I can hear you, and I sympathize with you, but suppose... Suppose Jesus was in your shoes. What was done to you was done to him. Do you think he would have reacted the way you are reacting? I don't think he got the question correctly. Because, because it's, no, it's not good. But, but he, he started narrating of the painful experience. I, I asked him again. I asked him again. Yes, brother, I can hear you. But listen to the question again. If it was Jesus done that to him, do you think he would have reacted like you. So angry that you are crying. After some time he said, no. So do you think your, your reaction is justified? What was done to Jesus? Jesus never did anything wrong. Is that right? He was all just doing good all the time. All the time. But they took him and condemned him to death. Not just talking about him. Not just insulting him. But actually killing him. And exchanged him for a murderer. They hated him so much that they thought it's better to have the murderer than him. That level of hatred. Suppose people treat you like that. Okay. But instead of being bitter, but he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. So I, I put him in that state. If you compare your reactions and his reactions, do you think you are justified? Now he got ashamed and said, no. I told him that's what I mean. When your soul is not like him, he, God expects every brother, every man, every woman to be like his son. And if there is a girl, if there is a boy, if there is a man or a woman who realizes they are not like that, and goes to Calvary and realizes they are not like that. Then they place their souls on the altar. And offer it as, a, as an offering to God. Lord, take this life. I want to be like your son. Ah! 
otherwise, you will be offering your offering like Baal, like the prophets of Baal. They did an offering. But the sacrifice could not be consumed. Right? Because they were coming the wrong way. No, they were, they were praying to a God that didn't exist. Sure enough, our God is existing. But he is looking at your sacrifice. If you are not offering it the right way, you go home with your sacrifice. See? But if you offer it the right way, the sacrifice is consumed. And what comes into you? It is a new nature. The nature of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that I should be... This is one o'clock. And uh, maybe I should let you go. But I want to show you something. See, that is very important. Because I know some of you may not come back. But I want you to go home with this next portion. Then in the next service, we shall continue with the ones who remain. <laughs> I want to show you that the true baptism of the Holy Ghost is actually the soul of Jesus Christ coming back to the believer. Let me explain. Now, we know that we are a three in one. Is that right? Soul, body, spirit. Jesus, as a human being like us, he was also a three in one. I may not be able to read all the quotations there But the prophet said, we are going to read it, but maybe in the afternoon. That as human, he was just like us, three in one. Is that right? On the cross, uh, when he died, the three were separated. His spirit went to God. His soul left him. Left his body. And it went to hell. To preach. The body was left empty on the cross. No spirit. No soul. They took it to the grave. Right? Amen. If he went to the if it was left in the grave long enough, it would have rotted and gone back to soil. Right? Amen. But now, because according to the scriptures, it could not do that. Not even a cell could corrupt, could, could, could rot. So then after the on the third day Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning 
The spirit came from God. Now, the soul is the part of you that know you are in church today. It's your intelligence. It's your intelligence. Now, this is very important. Your soul is the part of you that makes, makes decisions. I know I'm here in speckled bird. That part is my spirit, my intelligence. Making willful decisions. That's me. Right? My spirit is the part of me that gets hurt. Is the part of me that laughs, gets, gets entertained. If I hear something funny, something that I think is funny, I laugh, gets tickled. It is, it is, the, it is the part of me when I hear something, something offending, it reacts. My emotions. Right? But my soul makes decisions. When I was five years old, I can remember me. It is me who went to school. Yeah, me who went to high school. College. All those places. I'm now 65. I don't feel older than I was when I was five years old. In myself. Yeah, my body is getting older. Yes. Some pains here and there. Can't run as fast. But my, my me, the one that is me, I feel just like I was when I was five. That's my soul. Amen. I know God giving me a safe trip. I'll get back to Kitale tomorrow. It's my soul that knows all these things. Now that soul is the part of Jesus that went to preach in hell and could reason could understand. Then, on the third day, it came from hell. On the way, God sent the spirit back connected with the soul. And together they went to collect the body. And he, he became a human being again. Came out of the grave. Then, when he ascended up to heaven, listen, when he ascended up to heaven, he left his body as a sacrifice before God and came back on the day of Pentecost. The soul and the spirit and what comes into the human being today as a baptism of the Holy Ghost is the soul of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So straight away, you can see that the, the true baptism of the Holy Ghost is the person of Christ. The character, with his character. It is like me, if I had the ability to come into you and I possess your being, then I can talk through you because it's my intelligence. It's not, a, it's not like giving you my hand. It's not like me commanding my hand a, a piece of me to come into you. Then you will be controlling it with your spirit and with your soul. But if myself, my intelligence, my will and everything, my intelligence, I come and enter you, then I will express myself through you. I will be using your hands. I will be using your legs. I will be using your mouth. See? Do you see how serious it is? Man. See? Now let me read you. That is his soul, actually. Ajá. To sanctify, clean up the mind, clean up the heart, and leave a portion of the Holy Ghost in there. Do you see? What comes into you? What comes into the every believer? His his soul, his intelligence, his decision making. He's the one that now a believer is the one that has surrendered all his being unto God. See? And the intelligence of Jesus Christ now, his soul, it expresses itself through this believer. Amen. Now, that is what God wants to see, is the token. Okay. And the soul imparts the nature. Now, I'll probably get this quotation uh, in the afternoon, but let's go to 
experience, just briefly, then um, I'll let you go. Bimpimpim. Uh, 48030 48030, paragraph 69. 48030, paragraph 69. Just to show you that your soul uh, says, Your faith is the only thing uh, that can do you any good. Your faith in God. See what I mean? Without faith, it's impossible. Is that true? Now, you believe with it with all your heart when you come uh, when you come through that you are going to be well. Uh, just, just scroll a little bit down. There's a portion I want to in this. Now, look. Yes. Now, look. How many of you people would uh, now continue a little bit something it says there that oh <laughs> okay continue all right are you two people in one your soul that's the nature of the spirit of course right now your body spirit is that right you are a body of flesh. You are inside then spirit. Is that true? Now, the part that I wanted is that. That the, your soul is the nature of your spirit. Or, yeah, your soul is the nature. So, if the nature. So, if the soul of Jesus Christ comes into you, that means the nature of your spirit is, is that of Christ. See? Brethren, we've got to get to a place where we realize these things. You cannot say, no, you know me, I'm like, like this, like this. The other person is like this, like this, the other. No. See? Our natures have all got to change. And we become like Christ. See? Now, I don't know that to say this, but <laughs> there's a sister who was asking me a question. You know, people sometimes complain about us preachers. When we talk with them, we repeat our conversations with them on the pulpit. But I don't think I'm out of order because the prophet used to do that a lot. Is that right? And if I'm not mentioning your name, then that's okay. Yeah, because I'm identifying you. I'm saying this because the conversation I'm about to repeat, I know the person is looking at me right now. Here. But you'll excuse me to use it. <laughs> so we were talking about that every woman, the women, in the Bible, you are, we are commanded women to have a quiet and meek spirit. Uh, 
But then, I, then she told me, ah, but unfortunately, I don't have that kind of, I don't have a quiet and meek spirit. I'm talkative. And I express myself. But, but I told her, that doesn't mean that you can't have a quiet and meek spirit. Quiet and meek, quiet and meek doesn't mean you are Oh, the time that you don't talk. No. What it means is that before you talk, the things that come from your mouth, they are filtered. Right? They are the things that will bring will do what? Minister grace to the hearers. Right? Man. You don't have, it's, it's not that, and, 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 and you don't talk out of, out of, out of order. Right? So you can still be, be talkative and still fulfill the scripture. Peter, if you compared Peter with John, it didn't mean that Peter would not have a, a, a what? A Christ-like spirit. Just because Peter, that when he, something comes on him, a situation comes, he was the first to jump at it. The others would be kind of reserved and watch it. Is that right? Is he, he was what we call in Swahili Kibelebele. But with this Kibelebele, he was one of the greatest champions of faith. Is that right? Amen. And you know himself, um, yeah. he is the one who wrote the book of Second Peter, yeah. telling us that with your faith, you had virtue, you had temperance, you had this, you, you had patience. He was still having his kimbelembele nature. But it was turned to Christ. It was tuned by the characters of Christ. If you are quiet and reserved, quiet and reserved people, unless they become Christians, they are very usually very dangerous people. Because you will never know what is inside them. They will look at things, they don't talk. They feel up something, they have an opinion, but they can't express it. And you will never get them. You will never understand them. Because they are not expressive. You go along with them, thinking they are with you. Then when they get courageous enough, they turn against you. Because 
But let this person have the nature of Christ. With their being quiet and reserved, they will serve God. Because they shall just they shall just digest things. They will digest things, analyze them, until they have a, they form a proper sober opinion. So when they act, they will act very well. I'm just trying to say, in all our different natures like that, if the nature of Christ comes there, you kibelebele people, you'll be champions. You quiet and reserved, you'll be champions in your own way. But everybody with the nature of Christ, when the Holy Ghost, when the true baptism of the Holy Ghost comes there, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay. Alright. Made him out of the dust of the earth. Not in his own image. Hmm. Do you get that? That when man was made from the dust of the earth. Genesis chapter 2. That was not the image of God. You hear people saying that, that you, when you see somebody walking on the street, they think that that is the man that was made in the image of God. No, no. That is the image of a beast. It's the highest in the creation. The creation came looking like Man is the perfection. But from man, you go to the chimpanzees. Like that, like that. Right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's science. But the man that was made in the image of God was the nature of a man. That was the spirit man in uh, Genesis chapter 1. That's why he says, he had already made the man. That is the man after, that was in God's image. In Genesis chapter 1. But this was the, from the dust of the earth. Just like every other creation. Then he breathed into him the breath of life. And he became a living soul. So the soul of man is the nature of the spirit. Now when you are reborn, you don't get a new spirit. You get a new nature in that spirit. It's the same spirit but a new nature to it. You take two men, turn them together, both look alike, and one of them is a sinner, and one of them is a Christian. One man says, I got the spirit the same as you have. See? But one of them is a different, his soul. His nature is different. He has been changed. So that nature, that soul of Christ is what comes into a man. And that's the token. 
From there you become Christ-like. Amen. Now, and that when the nature is different, when you are actually Christ-like, then the Holy Spirit is a token of that. See? Amen. If there is a baptism of the Spirit, but the nature has not been changed, then it's an empty sign. It's the saying, speckled but there is no speckled but Now, let me finish by saying this. It is so late now. We are so close to the coming of the Lord. We are like that night in Egypt. And God is requiring the token. The token is not just an experience. It's like if we are primary school kids and we just want to see ticks we in a mathematics class and you just want to see ticks on your book. Then, but you don't understand the Psalms themselves. There's no teacher who can just give you ticks because he wants the You've got to understand what you are doing. Now, you don't, God cannot just give you ticks in your life. There has to be the life of Christ in you. And then he seals it by the Holy Ghost. Now our efforts should not be towards getting an experience. But it is coming to God. Looking at our lives. Everybody should be looking at their lives. Am I behaving right? Is my life acceptable to God? Not just imagining, but actually God telling you, yes, you are okay. Because it's only when God tells, God's way of telling you you are okay is by giving you the Holy Ghost. There was a man. Uh, he was called Brother Dao. Bill Dao. He was old. I think he was over 90 years old. In the Brahman Tabernacle. And he went to Brother Branham. And he told him, Brother Branham, I'm old. I'm ready to die. But now, if, if you are on the, way, on the gates to heaven, would you let me in? In so many words. If God gave you the authority, I'm just paraphrasing it. Do you think I'm ready to, to meet God for the rapture? If Jesus came right now. <laughs> See? 
Like suppose God told Gideon now. These are your people. I'm giving you the privilege. You know my word. I want, I want to select, I want you to select for me the people that should go. <laughs> now, he asked Brother Bradham that kind of thing. Do you think I, I would go? And then he told him, you know, you have been to the doctor many times. Have you gone for an examination? Just, just for the doctor to tell you whether you are, you have a, a giving, to give you a bill of health. And he said, yes. People do that. Especially when you are growing older, like us. Once a year, twice, once, two years or so. You are not sick. But you go to a doctor just to screen. To see whether there is something creeping on you and you are not aware. So, what does the doctor do? Ask you some questions about your various body functions. Take some samples from you. Examines you. And then he consults his books. Compares his findings with what the books say. Blood, sugar. He compares that result with what the books tell him is normal. All those things. And if everything is in the normal range, he shakes, shakes your hand. No, you're okay. Right? Now, that kind of thing with the Bible. The life of Christ. Compare with your life with the life of Christ. If Christ was put in this condition, how would he act? Look at your life with his life. Look at how he reacts with his way of reacting. With his instructions. See? Because... That is when God, when the death angel is coming to the land, that is what he's going to see. Anything outside that is lost. See? Because that life of Christ is the token. We will continue. Uh, proving all that, further proofs of that, and oh. in the afternoon.